0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: This is Live Mike with Lee Lotsbury. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, Episode 22. I'm very excited uh, for this next segment. As you know, I have a a history in radio that predates this program. I worked for a long time uh, for Doug Wright. I was his producer for about four and a half years here at KSL News Radio. Before that, I worked at another station with my father. He was a talk show host, and I, for a number of years, served as his producer. One of the duties of a producer is to uh, line up guests and make phone calls and connect the the host, uh, with uh, the expert. And uh, the very first guest I arranged to speak to my father uh, was uh, Congressman Chris Cannon uh, years and years ago. And so it's an interesting kind of full circle thing here as you and I are speaking to each other in in this context. So, sir, I'm grateful to you first and foremost for being here in studio with us today.
2: And you've had an illustrious career since then, but this is the first time I think we've seen each other since... I. Th- I think the last time I did a debate on your father's program was the last time I... Well, maybe one time after that in the airport as we passed each other. Sure. But, yeah, so congratulations. You're doing a great job, and and you're needed here at
1: KSL. You're doing... Good lifting. Thank you so much for saying that. The reason uh, we've reached out to former Congressman uh, Cannon here is because we just this morning heard from Speaker Pelosi as she announced the seven managers uh, that will prosecute the case against the president in the uh, Senate impeachment trial, which will commence uh, maybe next week. And uh, it was back in 1999, the Speaker then made a similar announcement, read off a list of 13 names, and one of those names was Chris Cannon. Sir, you served as a House manager in the impeachment trial against President Bill Clinton. I did. One of the more gruesome experiences of my life. Talk us through what it takes to become a manager. Is that something for which you lobby? Did you make an effort to to get into that position? Or did someone knock on your door saying, uh, you're the guy for the job? What do you say? So it was very different back then. In in
2: the impeachment of Bill Clinton, uh, we did what I would call the regular order. And that is that the Judiciary Committee was in charge. Henry Hyde was the chairman of the committee. uh, A wonderful, wonderful human being. And... uh, he is the guy who made the choice, not not the speaker. So the speaker interjecting herself in the process has, well, I just find it hilarious. If you don't mind my saying, no, please go right she's ahead. She's claiming that some good things have happened since by deferring the the impeachment articles progress to the Senate because they have found out more stuff. It's the same person who is saying, on the other hand, if Trump gets reelected, we'll impeach him again. This is this is Livia or. Uh, uh, Beria, what was his first name? Lavarente. Laverente Beria, oh. uh, Stalin's uh, gu- uh, chief of the secret police, who said, "Show me the man, and I'll show you the crime." They've got the man, and they're looking, and they're looking, and they're <laughs> exactly looking. Right. And now, this morning, she's claiming vindication because so much more has come out since. And I have no idea what this stuff is that's in these. I haven't had a chance to look at the at the texts and other things that, that have come out, as she says.
1: In my but layman's estimation of things, in my assessment, it's nothing of substance. Uh, it, is, it is simply just extra little notes and tidbits with names that happen to be associated with this grand story. Nothing, no, no smoking guns, I don't think. Unless you
2: have the yardstick that you're measuring by. There you go. So, you've got, you've got you're have got you impeaching a president because he abused Congress because he didn't have people appear to Congress. Now, every single president has done that. And I served as a, a political appointee under Reagan in the Interior Department, and we had, and I was a lawyer there, and we had these internal debates, a political lawyer, I was in a political appointee, sure. so as a lawyer, a political appointee, we debated whether or not we would have people testify before Congress, and it's a complicated debate, and the rules are not absolutely clear, and that's why judges get involved, and when a judge gets involved and, and says that's the case, you might appeal it or you might not appeal it, but ultimately the Supreme Court says who has to testify before Congress, and th- that's abuse of Congress to do what every other single president has done? On the other hand, every single president has also uh, twisted the arms of foreign leaders uh, to to get the the benefits that
1: America wants out of our our foreign aid. Tell us uh, about your experience as a manager. On day one, it's announced uh, the Articles are marched across the building over to the Senate. What were you doing that day? Oh... Well, I marched.
2: In fact, I I saw a little clip uh, on one of the channels of the managers marching, and I think there was a vague little hint of my face in in that process. (laughs) But I remember that. That was historic.
1: You were alongside uh, Lindsey Graham, uh, Sensenbrenner, some others.
2: Sensenbrenner was there. Henry Hyde was there. Jim Rogan was there. Jim Rogan was the congressman who who lost his election based on the impeachment. He knew he was going to lose. And uh, Schiff is, is the guy who took his place. So oh, wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. So Schiff is not my favorite congressman, but Zoe Lofkin, who's one of the new managers, sure.
1: is, is a wonderful human being, a very thoughtful person who, and by the way, this is her third impeachment. Fascinating uh, little detail we learned today as she, as a staffer, worked uh, in the lead up to what would have been the Nixon impeachment. The, yeah, right. And so, in fact, I was in
2: Washington that, that summer, that year, and I went to the uh, the House and applied for a job. As a, as like she had with the Democrats, right, and the the woman who is running the staff for the Republicans, literally with tears in her eyes, she said, "You don't understand, Chris. The Democrats have two hundred staffers working on this, including Lofgren and Hillary Clinton, who was later fired because she was so harsh." That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, and so, so she looked at me. She said, "We only have twenty. We don't have any positions. <laughs> so, if you compare the difference between." Then and now, two hundred people who are all well paid and 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 capable and ideological and committed are going after Richard Nixon. And by the way, remember who Deep Throat? Do you know who Deep Throat was? Sure, sure. Mark Head yeah. uh, Mark uh, Felt? Felt, a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, formerly. Uh, from Idaho, who was so angry with Ray, with uh, with Nixon because he he didn't make felt the head of the the FBI that he undermined him. So you have two hundred people, and you have insiders who are literally just trying to tear the president down, and and the president has the Republicans in the House have twenty staffers against two hundred. When we did the impeachment, we had twelve staffers, not two hundred, twelve. Wow. And, and so, and we, and by the way. We didn't succeed 12, 12
1: staffers for, for like, each
2: manager or no, no, for the no, entire no. effort? 12 staffers for the entire effort. They're competent people, but that's not 200 people sure. digging through government to find everybody's dirty laundry and then twist arms to get a guy impeached. Now, there's some differences, like uh, the, the role that Ken Starr played was different from uh, sure. earlier. but uh, But we did not have the ability to do in Congress what
1: the Democrats are now doing. I'm a former congressional staffer. I have never worked on an impeachment trial, certainly never supported a manager. Talk to me, and you know, because I'm interested from a perspective of a former staffer, talk to me about what the duties were of uh, the staffers and what they will be in, in this uh, impeachment yeah. proceeding, or the trial, rather, in the Senate. Uh, so this is... In support
2: of the managers, of course. This is a gruesome time for staff. They don't get any highlighting or any credit. On the other hand... I did about half of all the TV that was done during that time because guys like Steve Shabbat were in deep trouble and Jim Rogan was in trouble. And, you know, it was, it was a pretty tough time politically. Uh, uh, but for the staff, they worked, came in early and stayed really late and didn't have time for lunch. And, and one poignant moment was uh, when uh, Orrin Hatch called me up. So he's the, I, he was senior on the Judiciary Committee, may have been chairman at that time. And he told me what the Senate was going to do. And I said, Senator, I haven't eaten a bite all day. My staff hasn't had anything to eat. We're all working our guts out over here. And I, I don't I don't have time to talk right now. He said, well, it's okay. I'm just going to tell you what we're going to do. And then he explained the rules. And I said, Senator, with all due respect, I'm not going to be a manager who, who works under those rules. And then we had... A, a very intense conversation and then he said Chris don't you hang up on me don't you hang up on me and I said I've got to get something to eat my staff was all and I hung up before I could get out to get anything to eat and before my staff could get anything I got a call that the managers are meeting because Trent Lott was going to come over with Rick Santorum who'd been a congressman and who was a good friend of all of ours and uh, and so I, I didn't get dinner my staff I don't know what they did probably didn't get dinner either I went down to this meeting and, uh, and Trent Lott came and I told the other 12 managers what Hatch had, had said to me and uh, and then Trent Lott and Rick Santorum walked in and made their pitch and uh, Henry Hyde said Chris you want to respond so we had a very intense discussion um, and, uh, and then uh, Santorum and Lott left for a few minutes we had a vote it was 13 to zip to not do the so here you have Nancy Pelosi demanding that sure. she control the, the rules of the Senate and and we were saying the manager was saying we don't think that's a fair approach. And ultimately we ended up with that approach. And I told Henry Hyde I was going to resign. He pled with me not to. I didn't. And we had this charade of a of a trial. And that's
1: what happened. Horrible on the staff. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Our guest this segment and next is former Utah Congressman Chris Cannon. He, in 1999, during the Senate trial of impeachment against U.S. President Bill Clinton, he served as a manager. We, this morning, heard of the names. Nancy Pelosi announced the seven names, which will be the managers in the... Impeachment case in the Senate against current President uh, Donald Trump. Next up, I'm going to ask the Congressman uh, about his feelings and what it meant to him to serve in a role that at the time no other living person had ever been asked to, uh, to undertake. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. With Leland Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on live mic with Leland Sperry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is episode 22. I'm so grateful to you for tuning in. The last segment of this program was absolutely fascinating. Our guest in studio, Chris Cannon, uh, U.S. Congressman. uh, Formerly, uh, he represented a portion of Utah before Jason Chaffetz took office, and he, in 1999, uh, was a manager. What does that mean? Well, as we've learned over the past couple days, that word uh, has some special meaning. This morning, Speaker Pelosi announced that there would be seven Democrat managers, uh, those are House members, who will walk the long walk across the Capitol building over to the Senate chamber and prosecute the case of impeachment against the president. Uh, And that, well, happened back in 1999. Bill Clinton was impeached and there was a trial in the Senate and it was Congressman Chris Cannon, uh, one of the 13 selected to prosecute that case. He joins us in studio today. I'm immensely grateful to you uh, for joining us. Uh, We left things off. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question about your feelings and the way uh, you experienced the the great responsibility to uh, prosecute a president of the United States. Uh, At the time, and I, I should go back and fact check this, I'm sure it is the case, but at the time you were asked to do so something that no other living person at the time had been asked uh, to do, uh, and that is be a manager in impeachment proceedings. Uh, If you go back a few years, uh, there was an impeachment shaping up uh, for Richard Nixon, but he resigned before that happened. And so the last instance before that, you have to go well back uh, in time back to Johnson. And so you, sir, uh, in 99, were tasked with a, a very unique responsibility. What did that mean to you?
2: Thanks. That, that's that's a, a deep question, and I'm not really a reflective person. I think at least my wife would suggest that. But it was, it was awesome. And, and I, 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 listening this morning to Nancy Pelosi describe the historic context of this impeachment, I view as trying to tag on to the really legitimate uh, prosecution of, of the impeachment of, of Bill Clinton, who committed and very clearly committed three crimes. And, you know, those crimes evolved out of uh, an illicit affair that he shouldn't have done, but he he he, he committed crimes. And, and I might say that in, in my closing argument in, in the House Judiciary Committee, before it went to the floor, I, I ran a video of, of John F. Kennedy, who was uh, asked uh, by some folks on a tarmac at an airport in Florida. It's obviously very hot. People are sweating, and you had these crackers in three-piece so- suits who were... Uh, talking to him and one of them stood up and said you know Mr. President I know that we've passed these anti-discrimination laws but do you have to be so aggressive about implementing them and Kennedy started to talk and he choked a little bit he stopped and he started again and then he cut himself off and he stopped he looked down at the podium and then he looked up and he said look you and I are different I've taken an oath uh, to support the laws of uh, and the Constitution of the United States of America, and if as president I don't keep that oath, then this great constitutional system of ours will begin to unravel. And what we had with Bill Clinton was perjury. I mean, how can you say to the whole world, "Perjury is okay"? If you're president, hey, it's only about sex. You know, perjury is okay. That 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 unravels our constitutional system in a profound and dramatic way. I viewed my role in that process as vindicating the Constitution and how we govern ourselves. And I I think there's no doubt in my mind that the failure uh, of the the Democrats in the Senate to take action, and in the House also, they didn't vote for, a couple voted for impeachment, but that was a, a solidarity of party and power and not... A concern about the future of the country, whereas with with Trump's I think I said in the last sec- segment, Nancy Pelosi has already announced if he gets reelected they 're going to impeach him again. Lavarente Beria show me the man, and i 'll show you the crime. This is not America the way it is right now, and as I was saying a little earlier, I have a passion for the House and how it operates, and it needs to assert power so that that balances so it 's a check on the president it doesn 't matter if that president is Trump or somebody else. you need that check, and if you don 't have it, then America becomes swampers. It doesn't work. We fall into the same kind of problems that the founding fathers understood, talked about, and prepared us for.
1: You and I, as we were getting prepared to have this conversation, you talked about some of those changes that you would like to see. As a former member of Congress yourself, talk to me, please, a little bit about what you would like to see changed. Well, and I'll
2: announce here for you. That uh, I've talked to Rod Bishop, he was thinking about running for governor, he's announced that he's not running for re-election. I've told him, he hasn't agreed, by the way, but I've told him that I'm going to organize a grassroots effort to get him to run for Congress again, because he's a leader on one of these issues that's very important. That is, today the appropriators have all the power in, in the House. And the oversight committees, the committees of jurisdiction, really don't have much power. And so he's been arguing and has a number of people, including Devin Nunes, agreeing that we should combine uh, the, the chairman of the committees of jurisdiction and the subcommittee chairman should be the chairman of the subcommittee or the members of the, of the subcommittees that do the appropriations. And that way, when <clears throat> when a chairman of a committee calls up and says, we're going to do this, that, and the other... And the secretary says, no, uh, Mr. Chairman, we're not going to do that. The president doesn't want to do that. Then you have a negotiation at a level where you can actually check government. And uh, and in addition to that, uh, if I can tell one quick vignette, please. Mike Castle was the chairman of the education committee when they passed No Child Left Behind. And after it was in law and the regulations were in place, I came up to Mike. and I said, Mike, I, I need a waiver for Utah. He said, well, what is it? I explained. He said, you're wrong. He's very coarse, very direct. And, uh, I, he said, I drafted that legislation and it is exactly opposite that. So I looked at him and said, well, Mike, here's the, here's the half page that had the section of the legislation and the rule. And he snapped it out of my hand and said, I'll look at it. And I said, oh, I'd appreciate it if you look at it. The next morning we had a vote early, he came, Chris, I am, I am so sorry, I can't believe it. You're right, <laughs> we, got our, we got our waiver in a day or two, it was very quick. Sure. But he couldn't believe that the regulation writers had done something exactly opposite of what the legislation said. So why do we have the administration writing regulations? I mean, the whole administrative law community agreed in a hearing that we held, the 150, 200 people who were the leaders in, in administrative law agreed that we should vote on regulations before they become law. The question is, how do you do it? So I explained how you do it. And they all agreed we had a unanimous vote that that's how it ought to be done. And the way it ought to be done is that all the regulation writers ought to come out of the administration, become an agency of Congress, the uh, like, like the GAO is. Sure. And that they should, there are a lot of, several
1: other things we need to do, but those are the key things. Congressman Cannon, I'm grateful to you. Uh, in 1999, you served as a uh, manager in the impeachment proceedings uh, over in the Senate, the trial against Uh, Bill Clinton. If uh, you don't mind, I'm going to take 60 seconds. I'm going to play for you and for our listeners uh, a segment of your closing statement, and we'll get your final thoughts in just a moment.
3: For the managers, this process is almost done. I hope that history will judge that we have done our duty well. We have been congratulated and condemned, but we are done. And while our difficult role is ending, yours is just beginning. While I'm certain that sitting here silently has been difficult, the truly daunting task before you now is to conclude this trial with some sense of legitimacy. For America is deeply divided, and the end result of an impeachment trial was designed by the Founding Fathers to salve these divisions and wounds. Traditionally, after narrowing the facts and a vote by the Senate, either a president is removed or he is vindicated. In this case, it seems neither of those results may be realized. While the facts are clear that the president committed perjury and obstruction of justice, And here I'd like to associate myself with the comments of a man named Mr. Manager Sensenbrenner. It is equally clear that this body may not remove him from office. And from this perception, you face the challenge of legitimizing the end result. Your vote will end this matter. It is non-justiciable. Whatever your decision is, it cannot be undone. The outcome will be right by definition. But how well you do the work of divining that outcome will affect the way that we as a nation deal with the divisions among us.
1: Congressman Cannon, those were your words back in 1999. I thank you for the words you've shared with us here today as we learn how this next chapter of American history will start to unfold. I'm grateful to you for your time. Thank you so much for being here with us. Pleasure. Outstanding. Next up, we're going to be talking about license plates again and firearms. And my friend Clark Apotion is going to join us here in studio next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.